0: Hello everybody Welcome back to before the Downbeat a musical podcast Woo! We are officially here season two. That's right You Be made it through two. exactly. you made it through season one and now we're braving our way into season two. We're recording remotely uh due to the current quarantine situation. I'm at my place in Toronto. Autumn's up at her place in Muskoka in the snow. Yeah, it's, it's it's the middle of April and it's a blizzard outside.
1: Right? I don't understand.
0: I don't understand either. It's like you're <laughs> living in Anatevka. Anatevka. <laughs> in the middle yeah. of a cold Russian winter. Yes, totally. And in case you don't know, I am your host, Ginger, uh, I don't know how to describe myself, Extraordinary, Person, extraordinary. There we go. I love that. I like uh, that. Yeah, me. I am Mackenzie, and I'm once again joined by the Canadian B. Arthur. Oh, yes. The director extraordinaire who is taking a well deserved rest after directing three shows this spring. Yeah. Autumn Smith.
1: Yes. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello,
0: hello, hello. Yo, all. So. We are here today to talk about what musical, Autumn? What, what, what musical are we talking about today? How are we kicking off season two? We are kicking it off
1: with a very traditional musical theater, a classic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fiddler on the roof. Tradition, tradition. That 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 Tradition. tradition.
0: So, good. so- oh, I know, so, good. so good. it is, it is in the pantheon of musicals. Like, this is yeah. the musical of musicals. Like, like it's very hard to find like people say gypsy is the best book musical mm-hmm. i hate i have to say i think feeling on the roof beats it i think so like, i and i love gypsy I do, I do i
1: love it but this is this could this could very easily translate into just play form yes live on its own yeah and be just as successful mm-hmm. It it kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, I, I just had this revelation that's
0: a little bit like Grapes of Wrath. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Both of them are but like...
1: It has, that, it has that displacement. And mm-hmm. um, I'll never Forturing forget of the watching uh, the Tony Awards snippet of the Grapes of Wrath. Steppenwolf did it years ago with Gary Sinise.
0: Oh, that would be and good. Yeah, oh
1: yeah. And it was my favorite. It was literally my favorite
0: book. In high school. <laughs> uh, I chose this musical, The Fid- Fiddler on the Roof, for us to kick off season two. Tell and
1: everyone why
0: this is our season two opener. Well there's a new there's numerous reasons. The first one being that it's easily in my top five musicals. Second reason is that I love Russian history, so this is really a really fascinating time within the, the Russian history as it was the time when you had the first revolution against the czar regime happening which then uh, when that failed they targeted the jews and that's where you had all these programs and that's where this story kind of picks up um so it's a really turbulent time within the russia and ukraine so it's, it's a really fascinating moment in history where you're seeing the fall of, of, of a dynasty and the rise of the people and you're seeing the effects of that. You're seeing, oh. you're you're seeing you're seeing how these changes affected the little people on the ground who really had no care in the world for yeah. <laughs> for for the political machinations of the Bolsheviks, also known as the Soviets, the imperialists. But the story of Tavia and his family, like that's another reason why I chose it. I think it's a very powerful, um, st- a story all all about this family that gets split asunder by. By, by the changing world whether it's from uh, his own daughters and their changing views yeah. or or it's just the wider political machinations of the world that kind of split this family a- apart um, and it's also interesting where it's a musical that uh, that allows people to grow with it like some people start as like the littlest daughter on stage of Tevye's and they ultimately become Golda and Yenta or from Lucera. It's multi-generational like, which is it's lovely it is. It's very much like Les Miz, where, like, you start as a garage or young cosette, and then you work your it to being a Valjean or a fun team. Well,
1: you, uh, go, you go through the Marius, and then you go into yes. the Valjean, and then you get to play the priest when you're past Valjean. It's true. Look at Colm hey, Wilkinson. Look at Colm Wilkinson. Way to go, Colm. Yeah, I know. We love you. Uh, yeah. yeah. In fact, Colm was actually shooting that scene when I worked with him uh, on a workshop. <gasps> Okay, we yeah. need to
0: do a side story about that. I need to hear I all the details. That's a side story. Yeah. But yeah, th- yeah, this is a multi-generational story. I think that's why it's lasted such a long time, is that everybody in their family can come back and relate to a different part of the story depending on when you come into it.
1: Well, and it's it's not about big ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's bigger ideas surrounding it, you know, that that hold it in its container. But mm-hmm. really, it's about something that every single family can relate to mm-hmm. it's the it's legacy yep. what we want to pass on to our children it's about mm-hmm. tradition yep um it's you know it's about the little minute you know love that that exists yes um and then and then it it, it broadens out to include the larger community mm-hmm. you know of friends and neighbors and yes we can all re- we it's relatable It's not like, uh, you know, certain musicals are are not relatable. Neither are they supposed to be Mm -hmm. um, to the masses. But this one is. This one is relatable and there's nothing cynical about it. No. And I think, you know, if you look at something like uh, Music Man, Mm. there's a cynicism in... Oh, fun. And,
0: and the swindling of a small community exactly they're making fun of the small city like, like they're making fun of like they're making fun of the mayor and, and the quartet and, 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 the, and the pickle little ladies and it, it like,
1: parade. like parade like yeah. parade is another example where cynicism is somewhat evident
0: you know oh absolutely i mean i mean just, just look at the way they depict the southerners in that show listen, listen but, to our episode season 1 and uh, episode 6 But you know what
1: you you still want to side with
0: them cuz yeah, yeah.
1: he presents them like the he presents them cynically yet endearingly mm-hmm. which is it just adds to the complexity of that musical but yeah. fiddler doesn't need to do that it is no. it is just so relatable Yes. Um, and honest, it's genuine. I don't know if there is a more genuine mm-hmm. musical. Yeah. Like it.
0: I completely agree.
1: Bare bones. It is what it is.
0: Yep. Yes. Good
1: storytelling, and it's um, it's relatable
0: to every single person
1: on this planet. It's like yes. a good piece of music.
0: Yeah, and we and we will discuss why it is relatable when we get to our production history, because that we have Joan Robbins to thank for that. So. I'm sure. We will get to that. Um, in the meantime, so people who don't know uh, what Fiddler on the Roof is about, because, you know, there are some people who haven't ventured that, this far into the news <coughs> canon to tackle this show. Um, so if you don't know, uh, Fiddler on the Roof is adapted from Tevye or Tevye the Dairyman and His Daughters, which is a series of stories by Aleichem. He wrote them in Yiddish between 1894 uh, and 1914 when he died and they were all about Jewish life in a village uh, of the pale settlement of Imperial Russia at the turn of the 20th century in around 1905-1910. Uh, the musical centers on Tavia, the father of five daughters, and his attempts to maintain his Jewish religion, uh, religious and cultural traditions as outside influences encroach uh, upon, upon, upon the family's lives. Uh, he must cope with both uh, the strong-willed uh, actions of his three eldest daughters, Saitel, Matal, and Hava, as each of them wished to marry uh, uh, for love versus through a matchmaker, and each of their choices of husband pushed Tevia a little bit further uh, away from the customs of, 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 of the Jewish faith and heritage. And ultimately, it's his uh, the the actions of Hava who is the uh, youngest uh, of the three eldest daughters, and her choosing to marry outside the faith, the elderly pushes Tevia to um, basically exile her and consider her dead. Um, and if that isn't sad enough that a parent has to consider their, their child dead, uh, the musical ends with the entire village of, uh, of, 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 of Jews of An- from Anatevka all being evicted from their homes and split asunder into the, into the wider world. So yes, it's a very heavy musical that has that the, the, it's a very heavy story. It, it, it,
1: it is it is a very it is a very heavy story, but there's also light. It's it's so, so much light, light present, right? Mm-hmm. And that comes and from Tevya. The sun rises and the sun sets, but yes. the sun rises again. Yes. And it is it you know, it is just one more story about the plight of the jewish people and the, the mm-hmm. constant pilgrimages pilgrimages yes that they they have to endure mm-hmm. um because of christianity yep. and i ah
0: uh, <laughs> Why do religious conversation on? We'll, we'll, we can do a side pizza conversation. So, it, it, it's
1: it's it's not like as someone who is uh, you know was brought up in a very uh, religious in a liberal way mm-hmm. uh, household. I, that is not if if there is a Christ, if that is what you believe, mm-hmm. that is uh, awesome, and many people do, and and that that is wonderful um but uh he was not put on this earth to promote hate or alienation yep, yep. i i think the point of that gets missed constantly
0: that's her religious
1: corner
0: <laughs> and we cut it down from a three hours to a ten, ten minutes. five hours fantastic <laughs> that was great Perfect. Okay. So um, we're now to the point where we have basically uh, a majority of a new production team that we're covering yes. today. Yes. Like, uh, except for Jerome. Uh, Jerome and Hal. Those are the only two that carry right. over from season one. Uh, but other than that, we have um, two big new names that are added to our roster of production people. We have people. Three, big really? three big new names. Three big new names. Three big new names. Big. So let's, let's, start,
1: go. let's start with the composer, uh, okay. Jerry Bach, mm-hmm. uh, born in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, mm-hmm. He studied piano as a child, yep. went to uh, the University of Wisconsin in Madison, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and where he wrote his first musical, Big as Life. Uh, right. That toured um, and enjoyed a, a run in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, after graduating, uh, from university, he spent three summers at the Tenement Playhouse in the Poconos Ooh, That's fun. Um, and wrote early, uh, television series. So like he made his Broadway debut in 1955 when he contributed songs, um, to the musical Catch a Star. Okay. And then the following year, he uh, worked on the musical *Mr. Wonderful*, which was designed for Sammy Davis Jr., who I love. And I love Mr. Davis Jr. Um, and then he worked on the *Ziegfeld Follies* of 1956. Love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and it closed out of town. Uh, <laughs> after that, he uh, shortly after that closed, he met Sheldon uh, Harnick the lyricist of this wonderful work, mm-hmm. and they forged a successful partnership. Uh, they went on to um, collaborate on The Body Beautiful, but it failed to charm critics. Uh, uh-huh. And then, but, however, it caught the attention of director George Abbott and Hal Prince. Mm-hmm. So this was their introduction to Hal. Perfect. Um, these guys hired um, mm-hmm. Bach and Harnick to work Mm -hmm. on a musical biography of the former New York City Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia and it was Ah. Fiorello Uh, and it earned both of them the New York uh, Drama Critics Circle Award uh, for Best Musical and the Tony Award for Best Musical tied with the team of The Sound of Music (laughs) So I'm going to have to do some research and check out this musical. Yeah, let
0: um, me end up on our later seasons. I know. It also won the Pulitzer for drama. There okay, so clearly this is somewhat of a good musical. That may it's, have been forgotten to time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, of course, they did Fiddler,
1: which is why we're here today, yes. which is probably their most popular and prolific work. Absolutely. Um, but they prolifically performed work. Um, but they also worked on Tenderloin. You might have heard of that, Tenderloin? No. Nope. Nope. Man in nope. the Moon. Uh, the Apple Tree. The Rothschilds. And they contributed to Never Too Late. Baker Street, Her First Roman. That sounds interesting. Yes. And The Madwoman of Central Park. Okay, that one sounds really interesting. I... I and I think it's probably based on the Madwoman of Shio. Okay.
2: Um,
1: yeah. Um. Their other famous, like somewhat famous, uh, musical is She Loves Me, which just right. celebrated a revival a few years ago.
0: Yes, and that is important to the uh, Fiddler on the Roof history, which we will get into. It does. Pl- it does tie into that. Woo-hoo. Um, uh, there
1: is a Jerry Bach Award for Excellence in Musical Theater. Uh, it's an annual grant uh, presented to a composer and lyricist of a project developed in the BMI Lehman Angle Musical Theatre Workshop. Fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, uh, yeah, a varied
0: career. And yeah.
1: now I'm going to have to, we're going to have to seek out these other musicals.
0: I think Fiorello is one we're definitely going to have to investigate and see. Absolutely. And give and it a listen.
1: I don't know she loves me. I know she loves me, but that's it. That's all I know from her. So, he has passed on. Yes. Um, but he... Recently, too. Yeah. He spoke 10 days before his own death at the funeral of Joseph Stein.
0: That that's is... Fascinating. That's what we're going to talk about very soon. Yeah, that's that's sad and fascinating all at the same time. I know. Um so um
1: the lyricist is Sheldon Harnick, and nice. he was born to American Jewish parents, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh he the family spoke a little bit Yiddish, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly to tell secrets between them, um, which I think is hilarious. Um Harnick began uh m- like writing for music uh when he was still in high school in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then he went into army service, which is I amazing. Amazing that he did that. Yeah. Um and he may have served. I think he may have served in World War Two. Okay. Which I'm sure I mean, um he's it says he graduated from the Northwestern University School of Music in
0: nineteen forty six and
1: nineteen forty nine. but Maybe, maybe, after high school he went, I don't know, but yeah that,
0: very very possible
1: uh, I mean the implications of that on this musical w- would be pretty staggering,
0: right yes, it would, that would definitely uh, have a ripple on him
1: for sure um he so he he graduated from northwestern mm-hmm. uh with a degree a bachelor's in music mm-hmm. um and then he worked in various uh chicago or orchestras
2: right. um,
1: uh, when he moved to New York. Uh, he wrote for several musicals and reviews um, he uh was friends with Charlotte Ray and went to see her one night at the village Vanguard, which is this i don't i if you've ever go to New York again if we ever get out of this quarantine, <laughs> go to the village vanguard okay. <laughs> it's like this small little jazz club ooh, I went to see uh um went Marsalis there and oh. it was like there's like 10 seats in the place. Oh. It perfect. Awesome. awesome. Very sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Um and um he uh he met Yip Harburg there, mm-hmm. uh who is one of his idols and um he heard that she had decided to sing one of Harnick's songs. Okay. So they he they met um and he advised harnick to work with a lot of composers Perfect. so he um he went and did that uh, until 1956 when he met jerry bach okay and uh he wrote of course everything with him that we've already mentioned yeah uh, he's written librettos for operas yes um and uh including coyote tales uh, with Henry Molucone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the lyric opera of kansas city okay and um he co he wrote the lyrics and co-wrote the book with norton juster for the musical the phantom tollbooth
0: i remember right? that book the growing up as a kid yeah
1: and that Great premiered book. at the kennedy center in 2007
0: so he was still writing up until yeah. like really recently
1: not oh got it that long ago mm-hmm. um then we have the wonderful Joseph Stein who wrote the book yes. and uh, Stein born in New York, um, Jewish parents mm-hmm. um, who had emigrated, immigrated from Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, he grew up in the Bronx, uh, went to Columbia university and got a master's of social work degree. Why not? Why not? You know what? I, it made him a better writer. Yes, it did. Guaranteed, because he was able to empathically, a- empathetically look at the world around him. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. Yeah. Um. Amazing. And when he was uh, beginning uh, uh, his work as a psychiatric social worker, he was writing comedy on the side. Of course. And probably as a stress relief. I would he had a chance encounter with Zero Mostel, and that led him uh-huh. to write for several, uh, several radio personalities um, a Tulula Bankhead, Phil mm-hmm. Silvers, Jackie Gleason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he later started working uh, with Sid Caesar on your show of shows. Right. And uh, with people like Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, and one of my favorites, Neil Simon. Oh, um, I love him. Me too. Me too. Um, He made his Broadway debut um, contributing sketches to uh, Review Lend an Ear. Right. And then uh, he was asked, this is my favorite, he was asked to um, work on a musical about Pennsylvania that would promote the state in the same way that
0: Oklahoma did for Oklahoma, <laughs> Pennsylvania, um, where the trees uh, go sloping down the plains. That's very good. You've you, been you. this musical. I think um,
1: so. Anyway, he wrote a musical uh, where he drew on the inspiration of the Amish community in Lancaster County. Love it. Um, so uh, it was called Plain and Fancy. I love it. I think it's uh, I've, amazing.
0: I think he shoot up in Muskoka, you know. I I I do it, I, I, I do, I do, it a, do it in a local barn.
1: I mean, you know, we could do the winter scene right now. It's it's a <laughs> another blizzard. But <laughs> quite literally, it's a whiteout. I do, it's April what, sixteenth, people. 16th. It's
0: April sixteenth there, but apparently uh.
1: not. Um, he wrote Fiddler, uh, which won the Tony, uh, and then he wrote the this the. Uh, the Um, Adaptation for the film Yes he did Uh, And then he wrote Wonderful Musicals that didn't Go many very far Okay Uh, uh, He wrote um, Baker's Wife Mm. Baker's Wife And he wrote Rags
0: you one of your faves,
1: like uh, Rags, is so beautiful. I got a it's feeling, Autumn.
0: Revival. We we will be covering Rags in the very yes. near future because because oh. because I I guarantee you when, 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 when I look at the seasons four through eight schedule that I sent you, oh I guarantee you Rags will pop in there in, a, in a, as as a, one of your early choices. So we will have to see. So good,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it is. So good. Yeah, like I can't. Well, probably, uh, uh, I'll probably believe one of the shortest run. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was even shorter than Merrily. So I think yeah, Reg's Man oh. our shortest run.
1: Oh, no no no! Broadway it, show. It opened and closed within a week of opening. Like it, it yeah. closed within a week. I think nine so there you go maybe. Yeah. So sad. And Meadowlark from Baker's Wife. Mm, like, uh, so sad.
0: Patty LaPone and um, Topol that production star Topol right. infamously. That is right. Hear um, all about Patti LuPone's tribulations with that show in her memoir.
1: So the other thing that Stein did he wrote all about us uh with Kander Neb, um, right based on Wilder's Thorn Wilder's Skin of Our Teeth um and he also there there was also recently uh an encore presentation of a production of Mark Blitzstein and Joseph Stein's Mm Juno, which was based on uh, Sean O'Case's Juno and the Peacock. Yeah. And it was at the New York City Center for five performances. Love it. (laughs) uh, Directed by the wonderful Gary Hines from the Druid Theater. Perfect. Ireland. Love uh, it. uh, Where... Where I took um my my tour of bed bounds to look at you, a- yeah. yeah, no, they Fun were connections uh amazing, an amazing company um brilliant, brilliant people <laughs> like gary's Gary's awesome, I love it so um yeah, and then. Of course, we have Hal Prince. We've talked at nauseam about Hal, so I'm not yes. going to mention him as a yeah. producer.
0: He produced but it. Like that was his yeah. contribution. Yeah, and then
1: uh, Jerome Robbins directed it, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you just very briefly. A reminder yeah. of uh, our friend Jerome Robbins. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, um, uh,
0: since episode two, of season one, West Side Story.
1: Yeah, choreographer, director, mm-hmm. dancer, theater producer. Worked in classical ballet, film, stage, Mm -hmm. television, uh, responsible for On the Town, Peter Pan, King and I, Pajama Game, Bells Are Ringing, West Side Story, Gypsy, Mm -hmm. and Fiddler on the Road. Yes. Um, Of course, the film version of this musical was directed by the wonderful Norman Jewison. Canadian. Canadian. Not Jewish. Icon. Not Jewish. Yeah. Uh, put a lot of Judaism into his film, though.
0: I, he and did. There a
1: lot of symbolism that was very overt. Yes. Um, and then most recently, a, a version was directed um, in Yiddish. Uh, yes. Which everyone I know that saw it said was a revelation. And it was yep. directed by...
0: Joel Grey.
1: Grey. The, yes. the wonderful... Um, original MC
0: from Mm -hmm. wizard the the, the original wizard from wicked love it all the great stuff yeah we will get into that production yes we will get into that but yes all right so now sit back autumn because now we get to go through the production history of this epic epic (laughs) show
1: to go for a break it's gonna be a while
0: yeah light your cigarette let's do it yeah (laughs) i love it okay here we go so Uh, The process of developing this musical started when Sheldon Harnick was given a copy of Sean Malekum's other book, Wandering Stars, uh, which is about a touring Yiddish theater group uh, described as very uh, Dickensian uh, of a novel. Um, So he thought, oh, this would be great. Uh, So he takes it to his writing partner, Jerry Bach, uh, and they they both agree, great story, great material. Okay, let's take it to our partner, uh, Joe Stein, to write the book of this show. Joe Stein reads it and goes... No, this is this is this isn't the material you want. He says, instead, go look at the Tevya stories. Because I read them growing up as a kid in Yiddish, and I think they'll do much better for us. So sure enough, they go to the bookstore, they find a copy, they read it, they go, Yeah, okay, this makes sense. Um so sure enough, off they go to adapt uh the stories. This wasn't the first time they were going to be adapted, actually. Uh, Shomalek himself wrote a dramatic adaptation of the stories that he left unfinished uh, upon his death. But uh, the production was produced in 1919 by the Yiddish Art Theater and was made into a film in the 1930s. And then uh, in in the late 1950s, a musical based uh, on the stories called Tevye and His Daughters was produced off-Broadway by uh, Arnold uh, Pearl. And uh, some other big names that were considering adapting it uh, were uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. And then Mike Todd, uh, some big names of the theater are, were already eyeing this material. So clearly this was a popular uh, piece of uh, literature that people were really interested in getting to the stage. So, but we lucked out. We got we, we, we got Bach, Harnick, and Stein doing it. So off they went to write it. Uh, from all accounts from them, it was a very collaborative experience where where basically uh, they went back and forth, where somebody would write a lyrics, somebody could write a um, piece of music that would inspire them, and they just kind of uh, played off each other and created a whole a whole plethora of unused songs from for, for, uh, uh, for this musical. You could write a whole new musical with all the unused songs that they that they discarded. So, but when you listen to this other, those discarded songs, you can hear the inklings of the songs that would eventually become the songs of the show. Like if I were a rich man on a Tevcat tradition. All those melodies or lyrics would prop crop crop up in other songs that they cut. So really interesting to listen to those cut lyrics and songs. Yeah. Um their issue though uh was that uh trying to get a producer to back the project because they took it to many producers and they all said, This is a really great script, like it, the music sounds good, but unfortunately uh the material's too dark we don't <laughs> we don't think backing this is a good investment for us because you know uh life uh we we don't think audiences are are, are going to be interested in watching a show about a uh pogrom against, uh, against the jews in this shtetl um so eventually they turned to their uh, previous collaborator that autumn talked about uh mr hal prince uh he showed up uh and they took it to him and they said listen we think you could do this and he read it and said i don't get it so harnick gave him a copy of a book about jewish jettles he read it and went okay i get it but i don't think i am the director uh, for this project because they had offered him to direct the project but he said i don't think i this will work for me so he said go talk to my uh previous collaborator who i've worked with mr uh jerry robbins uh so off uh they went to jerry Robbins. And they gave him the script and the music, and the first thing he wrote at the top of his page of his notes was, this play must celebrate and elevate the life of the Jewish ghetto and its people. So with that note, he then returned to the team and went, okay, let's work on this, and he started to really uh, be the driving force to reshape the show, make it a more universal show, because his big question to them was always, what is, what is the show about? And they would always answer with kind of the same response of, well, it's about Tevya and his daughters and and he's a milkman and they're going through a pogrom and they're being evicted. And Jerry would go, no, 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 that's not what I'm asking. What is this about? And eventually, uh, Hal got frustrated with him and said, oh, for God's sake, Jerry, it's about tradition, isn't it? And Jerome Robbins said, yes, exactly um so he said write that into a song and so they took their original opening of the song which was we've never missed a sabbath yet which was golda and the daughters pre- preparing for sabbath
3: and, hmm.
0: and uh they turned that melody uh into tradition which was, which is the opening song of the show, and Uh, for the eight weeks of rehearsal he refused to stage it until the very end when they forced him to stage it and he staged the whole number that epic opening number in 30 minutes and he knew
1: he knew knew exactly where he was going to go with that
0: yeah exactly and and he knew he had to build the community first before he could do the song so you could get genuine responses out of the actors to so you could inform his choreography
1: look at that he went Backwards. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite musicals.
0: Yes. Last five years. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: No. Merrily. Merrily.
0: <laughs> last fight you were tricky trying to trick me McKenzie a hard. I know, I know. And you fell. <laughs> I did. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second.
1: <laughs> only
0: part of that goes backwards last five. Yes, exactly. That's... Um right, so so the other thing he did was to help create the community was he made sure all forty cast members had a character name and a profession within the community.
1: Well that's okay. smart.
0: Yes, yeah, so because he, he didn't want them to be some random ensemble member. He wanted them to be Ravnakum the beggar or uh laser wolf the butcher or to right. the matchmaker or um The Rabbi's son. The rabbi's son, the whoever. Whoever he wanted to make sure that they uh, knew who they were within the community. And the other big concept he worked with throughout the whole show was the concept of circles. So he had the most inner circle being Tevya and his family. Uh, the second circle being that of the Jewish community of Anatevka, and the third circle of the show being that of uh, the Russians and uh, other members of the community, such as the constable and the and the other and the other outside members. Of, 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 of this of this community in Anatevka. So basically he split them into in different circles. And the whole idea was to use this concept of circles and show the way that the circle was being splintered and basically broken by the changing of traditions and ultimately the eviction of them from Anatevka and how that circle eventually becomes a line. And that idea came up even in the film when you watch uh, the final uh, exodus of Anatevka. And there's the group of villagers standing in the middle of a crossroads and you see them standing in a circle and then they disperse in, in different directions that's right they do so that did come back the whole idea of the circle and, and 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 as you pointed out in our first recording the idea of the circle also being a very insular uh concept as well where it is um it doesn't let people in you, you uh, 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 once you're out of one circle you don't get back into a circle once you're out you're out so very interesting to look at that as well
1: there's uh i'm i i i was looking up um like Judaism in circles if there's any uh, mm-hmm. um, significance yeah um apparently they uh, jewish people the, in the jewish faith they're not they're not so into circles no. Because if life is a circle, circle, then death is not an end. Death is not a tragedy. Death is only an invitation to rebirth and renewal. Um, oh. So uh, in Judaism, you find few circles. Jewish tradition rebelled against circles because it perceived the deadly implications of this belief. Life as a circle is closed. It's pattern fixed and nothing can enter nothing new can enter Mm. which um interesting that he went with circles so can no one get into devia's circle can no one get into like what was the what was the commentary it's interesting right i I want to to look that
0: up just Mm -hmm. curiosity no, absolutely, absolutely. Like it's a very, it's it is a very interesting thing where 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 it's the whole idea of circles, where Tevye is continually having to float between his two circles, whether he's choosing to side with his family and the whole idea of letting Seitel and Hodel uh, marry for their their choice of husband. Well, and that breaks it, the circle. It does. It, it exactly. It breaks him away from, from from the community, and the community doesn't like that this change as we see uh, later on in the show. They, they're very much against, the, uh, uh, they call it, call it radical, this whole idea. Um, and then it's the same thing uh, later on in the show where he, where Tevia makes the one time in the show where he chooses community over family, and that's with Hava. And he chooses to side with the community against Hava for marrying outside the, the, the circles.
1: Which is sad. So. We'll it
0: very much is, and, and he doesn't get to reconnect with Hava until the very end of the show when that community circle is broken because of the eviction and they're all being separated. So basically, once that it, a just, middle circle is broken and like, it's just that insular family circle again by itself, he's able to reconnect uh, with Hava I remotely just, uh, through, through that last line. That. I have issues that he didn't choose his daughter. Well, it makes for great drama. I, I I I mean I mean at that point in the show you gotta shake it up a bit. I mean I I, mean, I know. You, but I mean dramaturgically. Where is that return to empathy? At the very end, when when mm-hmm. um when he says, "And God be with, you, with that, you," it's that sliver right. of 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 uh, 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 of him going. <laughs> a sliver of hope, but it's just exactly. uh, tradition.
1: tradition. Yes. Yes. Tradition,
0: tradition makes it messy. It does. It does. And how many times has that happened in real life with people? It's it's a very prevalent, realistic depiction of what happens when when, when people well, choose just, to I go outside people, the circle. I, yeah, or choose
1: otherness. Yes, like I think of people in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. uh, plus communities, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, why why like I I'm astounded. That people are still exiled from their families. Yep. I don't, I don't get it. I don't y- you cannot love a child and exile them from your family. Mm-hmm. You have something wrong with you. Yep. You are being selfish. It's like John Proctor from The Crucible and his name. Yes. You're choosing, my yourself. Name. You're choosing yourself and your perceived legacy and your name over the love of your child. Shame on you. Shame. Yep. That is my, my other preach for today. <laughs> Got a lot of preaches today, Mackenzie. Harman. I love
0: it. This well, one's the, bringing the it show out. Lends yeah, the show yeah. brings it out. Um, so yeah, skipping through my notes here. Uh, other big things he did uh, was Robbins did when he was creating the show was he wanted to ensure that there were no musical dance numbers that were very um, just were a dance for the sake of a dance he wanted to make sure everything was natural <coughs> and that the dances came out of an organic place in the show the only time he ever broke with that rule was when he did the bottle dance at, at Sightle and Mottle's wedding <laughs> he saw because when he did research for the for the for the wedding he went to real bar mitzvahs and at one point he saw a drunk uncle at this bar mitzvah dancing with a bottle on his head and he thought that was such a creative idea that that was the one moment of the uh, of, of his choreography for the show where he particularly makes it a show piece that it's that, uh, that know, it's, it still fits and that's what makes jerome robbins a great
1: choreographer it's, yes musical dance breaks should always fit as if you're just speaking dialogue you're just you're just dial conversing in a different way it's a activation moment i'm not a big fan of dance breaks that just come out of nowhere
0: Mm -hmm. and that's a very old style of musical where the dance breaks kind of crop up and it's like oh but I mean, you okay? Like, I guess we're having that moment now. When we're reviving these musicals, we have to
1: look at what, why they're there. Yep. And what purpose they are serving. Mm-hmm. Like I can't stand it when people just throw in a time step because they think that looks good. Yep. Would your character do a time step like in this moment? Mm-hmm. Why? Like mm-hmm. there has to be the same dramaturgical. Um fierceness, yes, around physical engagement on stage as there is with the text. Yes. So
0: I'm I'm glad Jerome did that. He may yeah. be flawed, seriously. Oh he, oh, oh, he was a very flawed man. People have said that many times. Well, he was quite he was, difficult to work with.
1: I like that. And I love that the bottle dance wasn't really a thing until he saw one uncle doing it. Yeah. Like it's not part of, uh, you know, um, the culture. It's, no, It was just one uncle.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. Great. It, it, it was just one uncle having a good time at a bar mitzvah that inspired that iconic moment of the show. And
1: I'm sure he's conned a lot of non-Jewish people into believing that that's part of the Jewish culture. Oh,
0: absolutely. Like absolutely. it's these
1: little like wink, wink.
0: Suckers, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> it's cynicism in the show. Yes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Um, when it came to casting for the show, uh it was Robbins who requested that it be Zero Mustell to play the role of Tevia as he felt the role of Tevia needed to be larger than life. And Zero Mustel certainly filled that yep. bill. Yeah. Um, the only hurdle with them was that the two of them did not get along. As Mustel held great animosity against Robbins for when he named names at the McCarthy hearings. Mm.
2: Um,
0: which he was forced to do because if he didn't name names, they would have outed him as being gay. So basically they kind of twisted Robbins' arm. Um uh to, to Yeah, name. again, again, yeah. like and it would have it, been like just a, a, an absolute witch hunt. Oh, it was it, well that's what got inspiration for the crucible for Arthur Miller. Oh
1: yeah. Um,
0: 100%. Yeah. That's very well noted. Um, but yeah, yeah, the two of them, even though they didn't get along personally, they were able to get along uh, for show wise. And, and, that, and, and so they worked well uh, during the show. I wonder uh, if there personally. was some level of forgiveness, if there was some. No, no, <laughs> no. The, the, in the documentary, they, they talk about the relationship and in the book, Mir- um wonder of wonders miracle of miracles they talk about how on a personal level they just never saw eye to eye it was basically they they just came in and did the and did the job that that was their drive. and
1: you know I mean, what that's okay as long as you don't, can do we that all have people that we hate working with yep uh and if they're good they're good exactly
0: exactly i mean it doesn't so... make for
1: a very people,
0: working experience no but, but hey if you as long as you get the show done and it comes out well you're good yeah um but yeah, yeah. uh so the show uh opened uh with out town trials in detroit and due to a newspaper strike there were no initial reviews that were going to be uh released uh but hal contacted the newspapers and said what was the review uh, going to be before we Uh, before 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 the strike and the comments were that there were no memorable songs the book is flat besides zero the rest of the cast was forgettable and the dancing was undistinguished yeah um so Robbins upon hearing these reviews set out to make refinements cuts and he swore that he was going to make up to 10 different changes a day uh, which, when you're doing a show at night and changes by day, it's quite a it's quite a lofty goal to say we're doing ten big changes um to the show uh so one of his major changes came when he uh removed the song with Messiah comes when
3: Messiah comes, he will say to us. I apologize that I took so long, but I had a little trouble finding you over here a few and over there a few. You
0: were hard to reunite, but everything is going to be all right. Which was a song sung by the rabbi right after the eviction Uh notice comes, and it was a very ironic, uh sarcastic song. Uh, all about what the, all about what the Messiah will say when he eventually comes for the Jewish people, uh, and audiences weren't laughing at it. And so when the creative team talked to audience members, they said, "Well, we're not laughing because it's not a funny moment. It's a very heavy, uh, sad moment of the show, this Exodus." And so they went, "Okay." Um, so they took that song out and they took the chorus of another song um, called "Letters to America." Hey. Anna Tefka, Anna
3: Tefka, thoroughly Orthodox, Anna Tefka. Where else could Sabbath be so sweet? Anna Tefka, Anna Tefka, obstinate Orthodox, Anna Tefka.
0: though pigs may wander through the street. And they took that chorus and slowed it down to create the song on Tefka. Ana
3: Tevka, Ana Tevka, underfed, overworked. Ana Tevka,
0: where else could Sabbath be so sweet? Which is the the, the, the climactic song of the show, and uh, with all these changes, uh the next stop in in Washington earned the cast rave reviews. It was the best reviews they ever got for the show audiences were enthralled That's uh awesome. right yeah um yeah and then from there uh the show opened on broadway on september 22nd 1964 uh the cast included zero Mostel uh as tevi the milkman uh maria uh karnalova as his wife golda uh b arthur as yenta the matchmaker like there's a fun little.
1: I love that but I don't think it's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerome Ramos was never happy with the casting of uh-huh. B Arthur. Uh he just went, I didn't have anybody else better to do the part, so you got it. <laughs> Which as an actor, I'm sure that was very disheartening. Uh he kept cutting a lot of Yenta lines because he didn't like working with B Arthur.
1: She's too cynical. Like there's not like that's she what I mean. I love tough, about yeah. B.
0: Arthur, like she's dry and Yes husky you know and i mean yeah.
1: like
2: yenta
0: isn't that yenta is very much what you see in sure. the film much more estelle getty estelle getty would have been a great yenta yes 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 yeah
1: she can't tower over tevia like no like it doesn't make sense
0: right i know
1: that's that's type because i just don't think it's her hit like do you no. know i know exactly I, and she's a great actor and she there's is. nothing against
0: b arthur yeah um she actually made a really interesting golda if anything see, see, see yeah. golda would have been a much more interesting bit of casting or like... Sarah
1: she would have been a brilliant room is <laughs> <Fruma Sarah. laughs> very
0: very different from a Sarah because she, she, yeah can, but she'd be like soprano. smoking <laughs> what is this
1: about your daughter marrying marry my husband
0: kind <laughs> of like Harvey Fierstein yeah Which oh where you're my. getting to we are getting to Harvey Fierstein um but yes, uh, so B. Arthur is Jenta, the matchmaker. Austin Pendleton as Mottle, Burt Convoy as Perchick, the student revolutionary. Gino uh, Corvetti as the fiddler. Uh, Julie Ming uh, uh, Amingus as Huddle. Uh, Joanne Merlin originated the role of Cytle. uh, and that role will later be assumed by Bette Midler, who started out on the ensemble as Rivka, the shoemaker's daughter, and she eventually moved to being Cytle so yes i Bet love Middler. that right i Actually, love that Midler. i love that Midler. so she make a great golda i'm just saying if they're, if they're gonna will, do a new film version yeah. she make a like cast her as golda that's gold oh yeah. it's snowing now here yay see uh, yeah. i sent it your way <laughs> yeah you sent it my way um when the show opened it received mixed reviews with walter kern writing his review Uh, The result is a very near miss, and I very much miss what it might have been. But the reviewers were all wrong because the word of mouth for the show was fantastic and resulted in lineups being around the block to purchase tickets in the days after the show opened. Um, And the show proved so successful that they moved it to a bigger theater in 1967, The Majestic, and they moved it again in 1970 to the Broadway Theater and the Love show it. it's yeah, relatable it, it exactly audiences proved the critics wrong um and yeah the show set a record total run uh total runs of 3242 performances
2: nice so
0: one of the longest running shows yeah. in broadway history uh yeah the original production itself was nominated for 10 tony awards including uh best musical best director best choreographer Best producer, best book and score, best performance for leading actors, Jerome Still and best leading actress, or sorry, best featured actress for uh, Maria Carnalova. Uh ultimately it won nine out of the ten. The only one it didn't win was for Best Scene Design for Borns Aronson. Awesome. Uh which is too bad because his set, which was uh all the which was based off the Marc Chagall paintings, where yeah. the, where the musical gets its name from. Yeah. uh yeah it, yeah apparently that was a beautiful set with all the little houses around the pristine yeah. that lit up apparently Chagall saw the show and didn't like the show so there's something for you
2: whatever.
0: um yeah but whatever uh the show uh opened in the west end on february 16th 1967 at her majestics theater which i believe is where the phantom is now in the west end if i'm correct autumn her, it's called her majesty's i think Her majesty's yes sorry yes her majesty's, her majesty's theater oh. yeah so that's where the phantom is now so that's where yes. fiddler opened in 67 and it played for a total of 2030 performances wow. and that production starred Topol, uh and he brought his performance over from tel aviv so he didn't know uh the, sh- the role in english he knew it in uh hebrew so he had to relearn the role in english uh when he came to london And it was during the production that, uh, as we said, director Norman Jewison saw Topol perform. And it was due to Topol's realistic performance of Tebbia that got him the part in the film versus Zero Mostel, uh, who's a much more uh, shtick-based comedic actor. And Norman Jewison felt you needed a real dirt, boots-to-the-ground performance. And that's why Topol got it. And I I love Topol in this role. I, it it's his role. I, 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 yeah. as much, like as much as people say Zero must still originated the role, Topol's the one who everybody tries to emulate. Every performance you see of that show, like it, you can see people trying to get and get get to the Topol he, he, of, of the part. We got to see his humanity. Yes. And
1: I think it, that's great. I think yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. he was complicated there was a lot of gray there was no black and white there was no shtick yeah it was just yeah it was just one of casual like there was a yes. casual everydayness mm-hmm. to him and I, yes. I i love that about it his yes performance.
0: absolutely um yeah. musical i saw him live do it live see and i was supposed to see him live we'll get to that story momentarily uh, but Autumn was the lucky when he got to see him perform the role, of, which I am envious of, because I'm sure it was fantastic yeah. getting to see that performance. It was. Like,
1: it's his I role. I also had cappuccino for the first time that evening. Oh! So,
0: well, that's another memorable moment, too. It was a good moment. It was a good moment. <laughs> uh, so the show has been popular over the ages. It's been revived in uh, 1981. Uh, 1991,
3: 2004, 2015, and 2018 off Broadway with the Yiddish
0: production
3: directed by Joel
0: Gray. <speaking in Spanish> which as autumn said has earned rave reviews because it's because the show is such a history that people could come see the show and just experience the show in its native language yeah. and and that's a, a it's a very rare treat for audiences to do and you have to earn that with the audience Totally, the, audi- the audience needs to know the story well enough that they can follow without being taken out by the um, language barrier. Yeah. And it, you know, it's,
1: it's one, it's a musical that's easy to follow and it can transcend language. Yes, exactly. Like it, it, it can transcend it. Yes. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's the other thing that makes it really relatable that, that, that ability of transcendence. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The other notable Tevyas who have taken on the role include uh, Mr. Spock himself, Leonard Nimoy, uh, which I would be really interested to see. Oh. Um, uh, Herschel Bernardi, Danny Burstein, Alfred Molina, Harvey Firestein, and Paul Leapson, who has clocked in the most performances starting from the original production to several revivals as Tevya. He has played the role over 2,000 performances. Like, that's a lot of Tevyas. That's a lot of deedle didles. Deedle Idled dums. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh,
0: other, other notable Goldas include uh, Original Browie Fontaine, Randy Graff, Andrea Martin, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Judy Kuhn, Maria Friedman, and Original Film Cytle, Rosalind Harris. So some big names have come on into this show. The musical was made into a very successful film in 1971. And it was directed and produced by Norman Jewison uh, and um, and uh, United Artists. As we said, Joe Stein adapted his uh, script into a screenplay. Uh, the film itself uh, was was hailed uh, with critical acclaim. It won three Academy Awards, including Best Music, Scoring Adaptation, and Best Original Song Score for uh, Ranger conductor Mr. John Williams of Star Wars fame himself. Um, he also it also was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director for Tobol, and Best Supporting Actor um, for for the actor playing Michael Cumzoil. Oil. Um, but yeah, we'll do a full breakdown of all that film stuff when we get to the film, film. In, uh, commentary in, in in the coming years of this podcast. We um, might be but yeah, do
1: it in five years to prep because I'm that sure it'll be a ten
0: hour episode probably probably um but yeah they but yeah this musical successful worldwide the film ran for three years in tokyo it was a huge hit so but yeah that's it for production history autumn how did you come to the show i'll keep it brief i've okay. known it forever
1: i feel like i sure. say that about every musical i've known it forever mm-hmm. but it's another mm-hmm. one that my parents had in their record album so i mean we Friday night. How could record you know Friday? How this, yeah. I mean, this was Beedle Beedle. computers and cell phones print. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, I've seen many community community theater productions of this, but then I, I did see the Topol. I did see Topol do yeah. it. Uh years ago. Like it was mm-hmm. my first cappuccino evening. So that's a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Um and it was at the what was then known as the O'Keefe Center. Which was Now the Sony Center,
0: bird. now something else. And it
1: was the Sony Center, and now it's owned by the city, so I don't even know what it's called. It's <laughs> called, there's so many name changes, I can't. But, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I do, and I've seen the movie so many times. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love it. I, I yeah. watched it before we did this podcast. Coincidentally, you oh, so listen good. to it.
0: Yeah, you have to. Yeah, You have to watch it. You
1: know, bald my ass out. So it was
0: very, very cathartic. Yeah. I love it. Um, So I came to this in the late 90s when my parents were our Friday night movie where you'd have to go to the video store to rent it. They rented the two VHS anniversary sets. I love it.
1: I Um, love your version of childhood versus mine.
0: (laughs) Very different, everybody. You had Friday night records. I had Friday night movies
1: eight tracks were a thing when i was a kid okay let's just get this <laughs> straight
0: uh yeah, god times have changed as this ain't anything goes and the act. times have changed and we often to rewind the clock well, yes clock. yeah since the puritans got I'm a, shock. a shock. shock yeah when they landed on plymouth rock hey <laughs> here we go <gasps> love it uh, started yeah i know Uh, (laughs) um but yeah the film itself I don't remember much of it I do remember though the certain songs getting stuck with me like tradition or if I were a rich man uh both of those were uh major songs that stuck with me afterwards um and then um I my family went to go see it at Stratford in 2000 I didn't it was my dad who took my grandparents and our Ukrainian engineer Nadia uh, to see it because uh, he knew the fiddler, he knew the actor playing the fiddler, and so he took them to see it. And the our our, our um, Ukrainian engineer Nadia did not like the show. She was quite upset by the way that Western audiences were depicting this horrible time in her in her in her country's history, where ultimately it's this light uphearted musical. Uh, that, which I don't know if that was the direction of it because this musical really isn't uplighted or, or, or hearted. But at the same time, she compared it to doing a musical about the Holocaust, in her opinion. She thought it was a very uh, wrong way to go about depicting this history. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen it, so we don't know.
1: See, I, 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 I can see where people would think that. Mm-hmm. There was, um, there was um, a film done years ago called Life is Beautiful, La Vita Bella, by Roberto oh, Benigni.
0: Yes. Oscar-winning film. And
1: people were up in arms saying, how can you make a light about mm-hmm. the Holocaust? Well, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? Through humor, we find things accessible. Mel Brooks, notorious and, for that. Well, th- that's a little far on the <laughs> spectrum, <laughs> But, I mean, th- that's satire, but... I'm Mm -hmm. talking like, like, like just simple comedic moments, which Fiddler Mm. could have, right? Yeah. And it does, it possesses uh, several comedic moments. Yes. Right. Uh, But I think that's what makes it relatable, which makes it Mm -hmm. accessible, which makes people think. Yeah. When people think and are curious about it, Mm -hmm. they start to become more empathetic. Yeah. I think, I think Fiddler on the Roof should be played in every school and have conversations about it. And absolutely, you know, talk about it because it is light. It does have music. It is, Mm -hmm. you know, I think music and, and that kind of perceived lightness Mm -hmm. um, is a way to bring People together and, and yes. have them see things in a different
0: way. Yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah. Oh, so, sorry, Nadia. I <laughs> I'm sorry if you were offended. Yeah. Uh, but I think.
0: Yeah, I I, I disagree. Yeah, hey, yeah, and that's and that's what's great. And that's what's great about art. Art is subjective.
1: Well, and I I understand. I mean, you know, uh, the the people of of Poland and that during world war 2 there were many atrocities done against them too we don't really talk about that as mm-hmm. in greater in, as in great detail right
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but i think there's all, you just have to you have to look at the bigger picture right yeah. and and what what the purpose of it is so i can i can see why offense would be the first place yeah go.
0: yeah absolutely i get it yeah. I mean, I, I was, so I was 2000, so I was six years old at the time. So I never saw the situation. I just have heard it secondhand from the family. Oh God, You were sick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so in 2009, so skip ahead a few years, uh, I was supposed to also see Topol, uh, perform as Tevya in his farewell tour of Filler on the Roof. However, he blew his shoulder out in Boston one stop away from Toronto one bitty bitty bum too many yeah apparently apparently and my family like yeah my family had gone full out with the Mervish tickets like we went all out. we bought six tickets for my for the entire uh, five of us plus my grandfather plus we even bought an extra ticket for my friend to come see it with us too oh my god so we were we were gun-ho for Topol can and then we didn't Mervish tickets. What's going on? Yeah, my parents stayed up, and we and we got them got it the minute they came on sale. Like we were ready at the computer oh to buy God. the tickets. Like we were excited for Topol. You guys. and yeah, then that didn't happen. Instead, the touring production decided to hire Harvey Firestein. I love as, it. I love as it as as Tevye. And if you are expecting Topol. But instead, you get. If
3: I were a rich man, hiba 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 hiba.
0: You
1: do that so well, it freaks me out. <laughs> I think you need to play Edna Turnblatt doing. I would love to play things. Edna. I think you'd be great.
0: But yes, three hours of of Harvey Firestein doing his thing. I'd build a big, tall house with rooms by the dozen, right
3: in the middle of the town. A fine tin roof with real wooden floors below,
0: and my mother was not happy. She sat there, eyes like like cross-armed, eye like eyebrows furrowed. She was not having it. She didn't know who he was. My dad and I tried to explain to her who like who he was. You're saying I love them. He works in certain situations, like Edna. Yes, tour song trilogy, which he wrote. Yes, Macario Fall. Yes. As I don't
1: know, yeah.
0: He's, no. <laughs> he's got the, no. the the the
1: the weight to go behind it. Like he's he's strapping,
0: right? And he's got yes, you know, physically, yes, he has that weight to him, but, but vocally this is a tough like, role. He could be a farmer, right? He, he could be a farmer but um I, yeah i don't know if he could like sing he it. couldn't sing no he couldn't sing it that's part of the issue of three hours of hearing uh him not sing the part he's, he's he, a particular caricature of himself yes but absolutely it's
1: not like i think
0: therein lies the issue yes that's all yeah um but yeah so did that and then Uh, my latest experience was in 2019 this fall I saw the wonderful documentary made all about the musical called Filler of Miracle of Miracles uh, which was fantastic it was a great night it was opening night of the documentary the theater was full and the minute the song on a tevka came on the entire audience in unison without a signal all started singing the words under their breath it's crazy like random strangers we did not know each other but we all ended up singing this one song in perfect unison as if we were the villagers of anatevka I love it was beautiful it.
1: but just talk about something that brings your community together right hmm. Mm-hmm. like i i'm a huge fan of that yeah yeah and It it's done that obviously yeah. um
0: yeah 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 it's beautiful it's I beautiful love it. mm-hmm yeah yeah okay all right uh, Autumn what is your first of your top three songs of the show how did they change since the last time we did this yes <laughs> oh I'm, I'm excited now what is number
1: originally, one originally uh, my first choice was tradition I've gone away from that what is it now uh, my first offering is uh, to life
3: to us and our good fortune be happy be healthy love life And if our good fortune
1: never comes, kiss to whatever comes, drink the highest. highest. And the reason why is because the celebration that is inherent in the song Mm -hmm. um, transcends religion, race, Mm -hmm. uh, all of it. Yeah. And it brings two disparate groups together who yeah. are supposed to be at odds with each other. And I I love that. Like some of some of the best moments in, in uh, like in theater for me are those moments when those parties can come together, uh, made up of innocent people, not not people making the decisions. Yeah. It's just people, people mm-hmm. seeing. People and sharing in a moment of sheer humanity. Yeah, and setting aside
0: everything else. Yes, and that is why I chose that song. I love it. I love it. I completely agree with you. It is, it, I, as you said, it's the one moment of the show of what could be, really?
1: because
0: because you see a moment where either a brawl could break out when 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 the Russian bumps Tevia and during the dance or as we see in the moment, they come together. Yeah. It's a beautiful moment. And then right after this moment, you get reminded of, oh, yeah, we're not friends because the constable comes to Tevye and goes, listen, Tevye, I like you, but heads up, we got to do some programming in the village to show we did our job. And it sucks you're not a Jew. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And once again, it shows that mix of, These guys all get along, but they're doing their job, job in air quotes, for the sake of some higher power that's not even there, that wouldn't care otherwise. But again, it's like part of it,
1: and it's the reason why Jojo Rabbit was so successful is this idea of blind nationalism. Yes. Like, why are, why are, why is that my job? Yeah. Why is burning people's homes my job? Yeah. Like, where is the... Foresight to ask that question, but mm-hmm. sight is gone. It is blind yeah. nationalism, and then that's where that's where we get into trouble. Yes, like, this is what. Uh, right. Right. So mm-hmm. that, that is that is why I I like this moment, but it's also yeah. complicated because in that moment, why can't you do something other than what you're doing? Yeah, and it's it's terrifying. Hmm. That you don't walk away tragic. and go, but like do you need this job how badly do you need this job are you supporting a family like yeah there are so many questions that go behind this and we should never be putting people in the situation where they have to be a villain yeah that is it- not the role of a, a any kind of political movement mm-hmm. or it should be hmm right certainly thinking- in a democracy
0: yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, these are the same people who, at the end of Act One, will come and ransack the village and, and destroy Saito and Motel's wedding and, and after the celebrating head, the marriage and they're, in, they're, in, a, in a bar. Fair shawl and yeah,
1: like they're just, uh, and it's, it all stems from religion again. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you if you move away, if you move away from something that was written by people many 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 years ago, passed down stories, passed down, yeah, we would all just be kind to each other, right? You would think that. <coughs> Look, I know we're human. I know we're mammals. I know there is a survival of the fittest mentality that we all mm-hmm. possess. Mm-hmm. However, I also believe we possess uh, a great capacity towards humanity and empathy. We do. And what would would we be if we started exercising that more? And I think to life brings that home because it looks like possibility. Yeah. It looks like something
0: is possible. Mm -hmm. What would happen Mm -hmm. if we coexisted? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this song is Beautiful Choreography by Jerome Robbins, where you see the two different dance styles, like the very balletic Russian dance style and the very grounded Jewish dance style, but they weave, weave together. Them. Exactly. Yeah. He's so, he he braids them together. Physically they, weaves them. Yeah, it's Physically. beautiful.
1: Yeah. And it's so smart. It's like. It, it's great. It's
0: creating a new pattern. Yes. It's creating it a new circle. Broken. And then it gets broken. Yep, it, it breaks at the end of the number. That <laughs> moment of happiness breaks. It's beautiful. Ah, Great choice, Autumn. Great choice. Thank um, you. Thank you, Mac. <laughs> thank you. Uh, my first choice is Havala slash Tevya's denial. Little bird. Little Havala. I don't understand what's happening today. Everything is all
3: a blur All I can see is a happy child The sweet little bird you were
0: Hamlet,
3: Hamlet
0: The big climactic moment of act two uh really it could be looked at as the 11 o'clock number because this the finale song is on a tough uh, cup so this, this this is this is the moment of the show and it's the moment that never fails to make me cry like the moment right after Tevius heard the news from Golda and he tells her to go home and he has that lone moment on stage where you see him start to try and push the cart and move forward and he has to stop and sit mm-hmm. down and process the fact that he now has to consider his daughter he was most connected to Dead, and it's it's but a moment. He doesn't. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't, but apparently he feels he does. And it's it's a moment of, it's it's an I want moment, as well as a soliloquy moment, as well as a eleven o'clock number. It's a it's a three different song mixed into one because you it's have his so wanting correct. of, yeah, it is because at one point you have him wanting to understand the situation. That's his I want. You have his soliloquy where he is doing a Hamlet, basically, reflecting on the situation, and wondering why, why you were such a good, sweet little bird you were, Havala. What happened to you? And then you Nothing. have, yeah. Nothing happened to Hava. I'm Nothing. Scared. Nothing. Um, and, then, and, and then the Seleucus really comes out at the end of the piece when, after the beautiful ballet, which was originally supposed to be a 20-minute ballet that hmm. Robbins cut to literally 30 seconds to a minute um, with beautiful soaring orchestrations with the, vi- with the fiddler and, and, and the daughters all dancing. husbands in the Hitler um, and at the end you have the great moan of can I accept them? Yes I can't oh no I can't because if I bend that far, I'll break. Accept them. How can I accept them? Can I deny everything I believe in? On the other hand, can I
3: deny my own child? On the other hand, how can I turn my back on my faith, my people? If I try to bend that far, I will break. On the other hand, there is no other hand. No, Chava. No. Tevya has to make that
0: choice. And every time you watch it, you sit in your seat going, yes, you can go that little bit further, Tevya, Go. Make that change.
2: We're rooting
0: for him. We are so
1: rooting. And look at we've set up that way I to believe have he's empathy, going to. I have empathy for Tevia. I have mm-hmm. empathy for any parent mm-hmm. whose child comes to them and makes a choice that they didn't approve. Uh, have as part of their legacy plan. Yep. I get it. It's something, you know, having, having children, you know, for a lot of, for the most part, it's kind of a selfish act. It right? is. <laughs> you want to leave a piece of yourself on the earth absolutely and a legacy and you want to have a little mm-hmm. piece of you continue yeah. and um yeah. but it's actually about being selfless yes because you have to trust that mm-hmm. you have done the best you can for your children yeah and then let them be who they need to be in the world mm-hmm. and you have to support them with love and but I get it. I I get I get how hard it is for parents. I just think mm-hmm.
0: that it's the one time you have to put yourself aside. And Tevya doesn't. It, it, but yet he doesn't make this decision lightly. No. This moment has a huge ripple effect on him because yes. after this moment he never talks to God again. Yes, he sided with his community and with God in that moment, but he never talks to God, because up until then, um, he, he's talked. the last time he talks to God is right after Huddle leaves, and he turns to God and says, keep her warm, and the very next scene is, 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 is the reveal that Hava has married outside the faith, and he never <laughs> talks to God, and not, not after the edict, not when he's leaving on a Tevka, he never has another moment like but
1: that. does he think, like, do you think that he thinks God has forsaken him? Is it kind of a, uh, you know, is it, is it one of those moments where he feels forsaken? And is that why he's lost
0: his confidant? Or does he... I think he's angry. I, you know, I think he's angry at the world. I think he's angry that he had to make that choice. And that he... Well, that's great. Yeah. And, 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 and that he had to make a choice of the bigger community where basically it's one against the family. Because he still has two younger daughters and he has a wife and he has um, Seitel in the village still so it's do i make the choice of goal with hava know, and, uh, and, ostr- and ostracize my entire family from this community that i live anyway. in he doesn't know that yet though as far as he knows he's living with them until he dies but as soon and as he finds out they're leaving he changes his mind eh, kind of he, he makes the right move toward changing his mind
2: he, he um,
0: a little i'll tolerate you Exactly. And I think down the road, if, if they eventually make it to America, uh, he he probably would continue to learn how to tolerate. So Autumn, what is your number two? Uh, my number two has changed. What is it? Well, well, my
1: first one had changed. Uh, 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 no, I still had two life. the last time we did this. Yeah. My second one is the new one. Okay. And it was a glaring omission between us the last time we Recorded this. So sunrise, sunrise, sunset.
3: Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. Swiftly.
1: You know what I got thinking about it and I thought what makes this musical so special is that struggle mm-hmm. with your kids growing up and making their own choices
0: well, and it's a multi-generational
1: that, song yeah and you know it, like it's so beautiful mm-hmm. it really is and it's about accepting what you can't control and letting go and still loving yeah i think uh, i just wish there was a reprise of it for hava <laughs> you know? there isn't i know Paula doesn't
0: get that I know. there's no happy
1: ending really
0: no i mean i mean this is the one still yeah. moment of the show where right. it's um it's it's once again it's an interesting moment of an older couple looking on at a younger couple and going like, we're now moving into a new section of our life where huh. our children are going to be getting married and moving on in the world. They're going to be creating their own family circle within yeah. this community. And, <laughs> and they have no preconception of what lies ahead of them. Their whole idea is of sunrise and sunset. We're going to continue to move in this Pattern of it's that cycle. It's that it's yeah. it's the Sabbath cycle, right? Yes, exactly. But like sundown, sun,
1: and like it's all yeah. about is it, it's you know it it takes tradition, but it's starting to slant it and question question themselves and mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah everything goes so quickly, and when you're a parent, it does. Like your days go so fast yes. and so slow. Yeah.
2: The same time.
1: (laughs) Like when you're homeschooling, you're like, please let it be sunset. Yeah. But then, you know, they're you know, with our kids, it's like they're gone after seven days and you're like, Oh, where did it where why are you so tall? Did you grow another inch since I last saw you? It's Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: there's it's it's huge. Like it's yeah. Swiftly go the days, right? Yes. Oh. It's a beautiful. There's a reason why it's played at so many weddings.
1: Yeah, and I, it, I, yeah, I, I get
0: that. I,
1: it, I it, wish it, it, it weren't played at weddings unless it was actually sung by parents. By parents. Yeah. Now that would ugh, that would kill me. Mm. If my parents sang "Sunrise," Sun, I would, I would not make it through my wedding.
0: You It'll and me happen. both, Autumn. You and me both are are gonna have very musical weddings. I know. I know. I'm excited. That'd be great. yeah Yeah. it is the song of the show between if I were a rich man in tradition this would easily be the third major song of the show yeah when when people think of filler this is easily one of the first things that come to mind for sure um my second choice is do you love me and now I'm
3: asking Gold do you love me
1: I'm your wife I know
3: but do you love me Do I love him? Well? For 25 years I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? And you love me? I suppose I do. Then? I suppose I love you too
0: yeah, love the, like oh, I'm sorry this like this song beats Sunrise sunset in my opinion because as much as I love sunrise Sunset, this song, there's so much to something so simple of a question of do you love me? and oh, 100%. Passion, like, I like, I like, like the layers of this song and it's not a difficult song. like <laughs> no. I doesn't like, like it's it's a conversation put to music. It's very song-timey in that way. Um yeah, it's a conversation. It is. It's,
1: it is. You know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of rhetoric in it. Yes. And uh I agree. I the, the idea of arranged marriages is mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I used to, I used to do, um, huge, um, Jewish ceremonies as a, mm-hmm. a caterer. And I'll never forget this one mm-hmm. It was so big. Yeah. It was arranged. She had only met her husband once before. Oh boy. And this was a Mac, um, millions of dollars on this wedding. <laughs> I'm not joking. Okay that's and she trying to get her to walk down the aisle she was
0: a mess gotta wonder what happened to that marriage if they ended up like and golden tevye they're, still, Tebbia, married. Where, they're yeah. still married oh really yeah apparently wow. yeah. there you go well that, that's just like golden Tevia, where they talk about how like the first time i met you i was scared i was shy i was nervous so was i but my father and my mother said we learned to love each other. And now I'm asking Golda, do you love me?
1: Yeah. And when does that love sink in? Like it's, you're settling on behalf of tradition. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I've never been in an arranged marriage. Neither have I. I I don't think I would like to be in an arranged marriage, but.
0: That's not for us, um, it's to not say, because it's not part of our culture to do. No, but I, I think that's what's interesting about,
1: you know, mm-hmm. the, the the question of it. Like, yeah. do you love me? We've we've watched all of our children now, basically. Yes. We'll go off and marry someone that made their heart sing, and they're- Exactly. have butterflies. Yeah. And- I mean what do we have that's a big yeah. question is it is it just it is or mm-hmm. is it i mean it's that's a big relationship question
0: oh it's How, huge like it is huge and it's and it comes right after um Tevye's given permission for Huddle and Perchick
2: okay. uh
0: to get married and without their w- without his blessing without his permission that they they love each other and they're getting married and so the way Tevia gets around uh, getting golda to approve of the situation is he puts the question to her, and this is where you see their two different ideologies collide because Tevye is a lofty head head thought and golda is his grounded rock that keeps him that, uh, keeps him grounded and you see her trying to rationalize the situation and he 's asking a not, 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 I don't think metaphoric is is the best word, but it's it, no. it's this big, lofty question that she really doesn't care about, because she goes, no. I'm trying to survive with our family. Like, why talk about love after 25 years? Like, we've starved together, we fought together, we sleep together, we've had a, we've had a family together. What more do you want from face, me? Right. So yes.
1: interesting, and in, and in, like in terms of Judaism, the the the. Mm-hmm the masculine in that religion mm-hmm. are very erudite, very well read, very, yes. they're the thinkers. And then you get yep. the earth. That is the, 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 the feminine, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have these polar opposites that meet in the middle. Yeah. So that's, you know, that, that song works in that way too. Mm-hmm. It is a great, yes. it is a great choice. And watching, watching the movie version and her try to work through Mm-hmm. do I love you like is it that's a do I know what love like there's so many questions mm-hmm. about it. it's such a human moment yes of I've grown to love you I do your laundry mm-hmm. I guess I love yeah you. like yeah you've never asked me that before yeah 25 it, years you it, never asked that human. question it's such a relationship question yeah. like mm-hmm. when do relationships fall apart you know like when yeah. When do you realize you've settled and yes. that you're not really happy anymore? Yeah. Like and, and that's what makes it so tangible mm-hmm. to an audience is yeah. we go away asking ourselves those this questions. And yes, it's hard. Like, it is. It's hard. I know a lot of people who are in relationships who are not happy. Yep. But it's tradition mm-hmm. and it's it's easier to settle than yeah. to take that shift and go. Yep, absolutely. So,
0: and, yeah. Well, this is a deep episode. I like it. So what's your third choice, Autumn? Did that change from the last time? No,
1: it did not change. I'm I'm keeping with Anna Tefka.
3: Anna
0: Of the great climactic numbers of the show. Well, and doesn't end happy. It's not it's, it's, it's like one of those it, musicals that don't end happily at all. It's the denouement. It is this is exactly. life. This is
1: how the chosen mm-hmm. people are treated. Yep. This is our journey. This mm-hmm. is our
0: continual journey. Mm-hmm. And it's a moment of discovery for the for them as well where, 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 where they realize that Anatevka isn't a place physically. It'll, it'll be a place in um, them in the heart. It, it, and, it, and it's it, them coming to terms with that moment of, yeah, we're, we're not going to see each other every day, but we're gonna, but uh, but we're gonna live. To, we're all gonna be together, in our in our minds, in our in our in our hearts. Has been broken. Absolutely, this is the That's, moment where that
1: we're we're. we're it, uh, yeah, I I like it because it's about. The place mm-hmm. is, becomes another character. I think it always was. I I I think it's, it's an unspoken character of the show. Solidified. It's solidified. Yes. Community is one thing, mm-hmm. but yeah. the place, yeah, like the actual land mm-hmm. in which they resided, Anatefka mm-hmm. becomes this thing that gets left behind. Yes. So. And after that, what will become of Anatefka? Mm-hmm. And will it still be Anatevka? How many yeah. times can I say Anatevka? <laughs> uh, but do you know what I mean? Like there's there's yeah. something there's something about how does how does the topography of a mm-hmm. place shift when it's people leave? It's like when I, when your kids leave a house, how does the dynamic within the space shift?
0: Well, there's a reason why families downsize after all the kids leave, right? Like, yeah, my parents are talking about that. What is the emotional memory that, what is,
1: how does that get altered? I'm very fascinated with that, mm-hmm. about displacement, how we carry our home with us, what home mm-hmm. means.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, how, like, it's, it's really interesting to do this in a time of isolation, Yeah. And all we are is at home Mm -hmm. and how many of us I'm sure are taking our homes for granted. You know, we have to be mindful we leave a footprint wherever yes. we have landed, you know, how has our energy displaced or um, made an impression on, yeah. on that piece of land? Yeah. So that's why I like Anatevka because, mm-hmm. you know, as much as their lives are shifting, so is the, the land. It's shifting as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that is why I chose Anatevka. I think it's a beautiful Pre-choice. song. I think it's a beautiful
0: goodbye song. Yeah, it's a it's a salute to, to to the place. It is it it is yeah. the send off of send offs. Well,
1: it's 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 about leaving your memory there. It's leaving yeah, a piece of your soul in the yeah in the soil. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I think you know it's yeah. I think it's big. Like it's 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 big. It's an excavating song. I love it. It's a good goodbye. It is.
0: It is. And my third choice <coughs> on the polar opposite end of. Uh, of uh, songs. It's Miracle of Miracles, Mottles Song. But of all God's miracles, large and small, the most miraculous one
3: of all is the one I thought could never be God
0: Talk about a po. I know Autumn's giving me the look. I know it's on your other list, Autumn. I know my other list. I know, I know your list. I know, but I love it. I love it. And this was a late addition to the show. I think this was one of the last songs that was added, because originally model was supposed to sing a version of Perchick's song, which was "Now I Have Everything," and the and on the flight over uh, either to Washington or Detroit, the actor playing model, Austin Pendleton, was sitting with Robbins, and he said. I think model should have a different song. Model's a much more spiritual character. He yeah. uh and he should have a song that reflects that. And Robbins agreed. And so they wrote this beautiful soaring um uh, uh ballad where where you get to see model coming into himself basically. He's had that moment with Tevya, and it's that reaction moment of holy crap, I just got the thing I wanted more than anything in the world. I got oh. and it's Oh, it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it's very sweet I it's 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 as sweet as honey it yeah that's why I don't like it oh I love it I love it, it, it no, it's one it of those is, few beautiful it, moments of the world
1: yeah yeah maybe I'm just too cynical to like
0: it but I don't know
1: I I just think it's a little
0: too obvious Obvious is okay because like model is a, a model isn't model isn't an intellectual. He's a tailor, so he's relating to the world the world he knows. And his and he, he he's he, he's a character who goes to Sabbath and reads. He's the, well the, the, read. He he he's he's well he he's well read. So he knows his literature and he's relating how he re, and he's finding how he relates to all these heroes he's read about, whether it's David and Goliath or 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 whoever it's it's this beautiful moment of him realizing that he is just like his characters that he's grown up with that he has caught co- that, that he's been able to accomplish his his, his dream he slew goliath and, and and he won and he won the day yeah
1: it's beautiful,
0: it's beautiful. and and the orchestration itself mirrors the song perfectly it is beautiful soaring, beautiful song. soaring soaring
1: melody it is a it's a beautiful song i just i don't know i don't know it feels yeah i don't know i just feel it's a bit general like i don't feel like it allows
0: for any specificity of thought mm. in terms of model like yeah, you'd have to work on it with the actor you'd have to make sure it isn't yeah. just a karaoke song you'd have to really work with them and go it's prime the thought it, yeah, I find it perky and mm-hmm. I
1: don't think it's a perky musical. So that's why I like, there's no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sold on that song. <laughs> I like it. I think it's yeah. beautiful, mm-hmm. but I'm not sold on it as a dramatic vehicle.
0: Yeah. I hear. ya. That's all. All right, Autumn, we're now into our top three songs we either skip or would remove entirely. And Miracles. Is, Miracles. Yours is, <laughs> that's yours. My first one, though, is Tevye's Dream.
1: What is this about your daughter marrying my husband? Yes,
3: her husband!
1: Would you do this to your friend and neighbor from Macera? the consideration for a woman's feelings. woman's feelings handing over my belongings to a total stranger. total stranger how can you allow it how how can you let your daughter take my place live in my house carry my keys and wear my clothes Girls,
3: how
1: how can you allow your daughter to take
3: her
0: place this because you talk about over the top and like out of place this song just goes like obviously it's spinning with Tevye telling this over-the-top lie to convince Golda but it's one thing to have like the grandmother Seitel come and say Mary model but then you got to add him from Sarah on top of that and it's like just one thing after the because she's other. not then stopped her grandmother told he's like oh
1: what am I gonna do now oh I better bring him from Sarah he gets carried away in it
0: I know, but I, it just goes over the top, and I'm like, wrap it up, let's go. We got sunrise sunset happening here. This is a long show. I know, I know, and I I get
1: that. I just think it's the one part where you can where he uses his tradition mm-hmm. to his great advantage. Yes, because he knows and, Golda will
0: go with the sun. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think
1: I think it's this is the comedy that work for me works in this show.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: he's he's conning her and he knows he is and he what is great is it's it also highlights their relationship (laughs) and how well he knows her yes and what she's gonna fall for good point that's a good point i love it i love i love the epicness of it (laughs) the ridiculousness of it uh so many times it's like people on shoulders and yes it's very uh, over the top it's
0: hilarious it's
1: yeah. it's funny it's yeah. yeah and then oh we've got all these people coming back from the grave and yes uh, awesome
0: I get it yeah. I, I I get your point but I just go I skip that song every time it gets to that like yeah. miracle miracles and it's like oh yeah now we got Tevia's dream Sometimes it will listen, Sometimes we'll be like, "Nope, sunrise, sunset, let's go." <laughs> well,
1: between us, we would just skip to sunrise, sunset. Amazing. Apparently,
0: apparently. Apparently. I love it. Um. I yeah. don't
1: really have a next one. I, I have two. I can It's your favorite musical, and
0: you have two more. What's going on? I can be objective. I can be objective with it. All I mean, right. It, I, it, it, it's 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 a, it's a fantastic show. So none of these are like truly awful songs. No. But like, now I have everything. I have something that I would die for, someone that I can live for too.
1: Yes, and now I have everything, not
0: only everything, I have a little bit more. Which was cut from the film, uh, which is Perchik's song uh, that he sings to Huddle, similar to what Mottle does with um, Saito. Yeah. So it's, again, it's those book things that they're doing, yeah. but as, as Jewison said, he goes, Perchick is a character who doesn't sing. He's not a singing character. He's a student revolutionary character who's a very grounded, like, uh, uh, character. He, he's not this guy who, who who sings. Like, yes, he dances, but that's for plot sake, where he's proving a point. He's not dancing for dancing's sake, and the oh, memory, the, the guy, the guy, a kind of guy that, like, bursts into song yeah he would be because, because he's this lofty guy who talks to god all the time he is a very theatrical person and he overreacts a lot which is really funny the song just doesn't fit and it works just as well in the movie without it where you take the song out and they still get together
2: yeah and it, i, I yeah, get
0: that because they have the whole great scene of them talking about him trying to propose to her and he doesn't know how to do it because he's right. trying to not be political and she's well he is being political and she's trying to make him not be political like yeah. the whole idea of and affection <laughs> yes that's important too <laughs> and affection yeah right that's it's great. that whole yeah. it's that whole back and forth they have and, that, and that's and that's what that song is about and i, I get what you mean I, yeah. I, I totally get what you mean and yeah
1: you're right i i don't i don't yeah. think he'd be the type of guy to just go hey now man, i have everything i have everything yeah, it's awesome. new. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit obvious. Again, it like Miracle of Miracles,
0: mm-hmm. obvious. I mean, if I if I was being a really cutthroat director, you could cut both the boyfriend songs and be okay. People would be irate oh, absolutely. I if, you, cut if you cut Miracle of Miracle Miracles, Miracles, yeah, people would be okay if if you cut. Now I have everything, but you cut Miracle of Miracles. Oh boy, Autumn, you got some explaining to do. My last choice, though, is The Rumor. Remember Perchik? Yes. Who started all the trouble? No. Well, I've been told by someone who should know. What? That Gold has been arrested oh. and Huddle's gone to Kiev. Oh. Muttle studies dancing, oh. Tevya's acting strange. Oh. Sprinzer has the measles, oh. Yelke has the mumps.
3: Oh. And that's what comes from men and women dancing. <gasps>
0: Which takes place middle of act two, and it's designed to give it was designed to give B. Arthur a song in the show. And it was it's, it's also not meant the film. To, no, well, they cut it from the film. So basically you have the plot exposition of you have to figure out a way to tell the audience that Patrick's been arrested and sent to Siberia. Oh, yes. And in, in the movie, it works really well where uh the letter comes, gold or um Yentes got it from the post office and read it, gives it to Cidal, who then gives it to Huddle okay. on the family, and, the, and then you slash cut to them at the train station, which works just as well. Uh, okay. But I mean, you don't if, need if, the extraneous plot. No. Like It's just, it's just like,
1: bam, bam, bam. Like, it's just extra, extra, extra.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not necessary. I mean, I do like their replacement song they came up with in the 2004 revival, uh, where it was a song called Topsy Turvy. Everything is changing. No. Yes. Men and women. Dancing, right? Right. Right.
1: Children making matches. I don't stand a chance. Either I should kill
3: myself
1: or learn to
0: dance. Where it's Yenta and the other women of the village lamenting the changing world of, of, of these young people. Where they're going, all these people and are following Sitzel and Model's example and getting married without a matchmaker. There. And we're seeing them. You don't need it. But if you really want a song there that reflects the community's point of view of the changing world, that that, that works better than the rumor. Because the rumor just shows broken telephone in the ridiculousness yeah. of a village. I, being I nosy. don't
1: think you need anything. I think it is implied, uh, I think it is obvious that the reason why uh, Zeitl and Hoddle and Hava have issues is because they're going against Tradition. <laughs> Tradition. So we don't, we don't, I don't need Yenta to sing me a song about how
0: things are going in her world. I don't need it. At that point in the show, it's not necessary. Get to Anna no. Get to Far we, From the Home yeah. I Love. Yeah. Back to all the other songs. That yeah.
1: It's the meat. Yeah. It's the meat of the matter.
0: The Cut meat the of the matter
1: is that family. Yeah. That's it. It's the family. Yeah. Period. Exactly. Exactly. in the community in a in a sense because the yes. community is important to the family yes and then exactly. you have the external forces which you know what i mean like yeah
0: yeah it's not necessary city. it should focus on the family yeah refine refining, cut so yeah that's the other one that would go in yeah. my opinion agreed um yeah so now we get to the point of should this be revived does this have a place today autumn what say you Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, It is beyond
1: relevant. Yes. We are still like, not you and I, but the
0: world is still, you know, displacing people. Yes. I, Even right now with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, like that's still happening um, on their borders. <laughs> and you have like, Antisemitism. Yeah. I mean it's like, look still at happening. Mm-hmm. Like, like in early 2020 of this year in northeast delhi there were hindu nationalists who uh did pogroms and mob attacks against muslims and vandalized muslim properties that just happened only a few months ago uh like it's still very relevant in the world we still do that to people like it's yeah uh, there's there's really not one party that is innocent no, we all do it to each other. We, I, I mean, we all go mm-hmm. for the eye for an eye thing. And Tevye very smartly talks about how if we all, which is interesting, where when because it relates to that final moment of the show where all the villagers say, "Well, we're going to fight the edict," and then Tevye goes, "What good would that do? And now we're all going to be blind and toothless." Um, but yeah, that's what we do. So yeah, and yeah, and uh, it's always what interesting. What are our that, choices? What are our choices? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And it, I, I think that. Great conversation can be had about through this musical as a vehicle about empathy. Yeah. Um, and how how we can start using it as a model for our behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh like we have to have conversations. People need to see, they need to open their minds. Mm-hmm. So we need to be curious about mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. We need to stop labeling uh otherness yeah need to stop dictating how other people should be in the world yep like and that's hard i get it i i know that's hard but that's why musicals like this are so important yes because they they make us hopefully yeah they make us think they make Mm -hmm. us think and look at what we take for granted and how we present in the world and our exactly. bias and so yeah i think it's one thousand and million percent It mm-hmm. should be done over yeah. it should be shown in schools people should talk about it it should be a launching point into conversations about mm-hmm. the holocaust mm-hmm. then you bring in something like jojo rabbit and show it to kids yes kids should be watching that because yes. it, it it shows how that one personal exchange mm-hmm. can change that nationalistic blindness and be curious about other people and mm-hmm. ask questions i think i think we'll be much better off as I agree. Uh, uh, people mm-hmm and i think you know uh, that that this musical is a, a really great it's a musical so it's accessible yeah. which is, it is why it's great uh it's a good conversation point it's a starting yeah. point and then you start bringing in heavier even heavier stuff
0: i also want to say we should revive it just so i can play Tevia. so yeah that but needs to be done i also think it would be a good laser wolf well, i can see that i could see that yeah. he's not as fun though as Tevia. That was something you play after you play tabloids. I don't. Like, I make don't it have a role in this. You can direct a production. Yeah, with a lot
1: of consulting from yeah. some Jewish friends. I'm. Yes. I would. I would like to. I would like to do it. But house, hire us. I'm also very. I am mindful. I am yeah. mindful that you have uh, to be. You have to be. Yeah, and I think you know it's good to be mindful. I don't want to, I don't, I'm I'm always aware of appropriating and we never really talk about
0: appropriating in that way. That's a, that's a whole episode onto itself. Yeah. Going forward, we're going to have a lot of great stuff for you in season two. We have some guests lined up to come be a third party uh, on some episodes. uh, So stay tuned for that. Uh, Brody Weld, our wonderful theme music composer is still composing and writing wonderful new hip hop tracks. Love under him. his name Father Flowsis. Uh please go check him out on Spotify and all other platforms. He is out there working hard, creating some wonderful material about fatherhood. It's fantastic. Um you can find all you can find all our social media platforms uh on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Before the Downbeat. Please follow and interact with us. We do clues, we do fun facts. Uh, we do over the quarantine, we will be doing live commentary streams, uh, uh, which is lots of fun. Uh, so yeah, just come on in and join us. We are, we are yeah. more than, we, you, you can come join our circle. We are a very welcoming circle to come. We,
1: our circle is, is open. Yes. All the times. Exactly. exactly. All the times. We love exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, you, uh, if you can't tell, um, both Mac and I, uh, uh love a good conversation. So we do. we do. We would love to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Like, and
0: yeah. Yeah. And also on our, um, uh, pages, we have our pinned link for our survey for season one. Uh, so we'll keep, we'll announce the winner of our, of Ooh. our survey contest in episode three. Ooh. Uh, so you ha- so have, so a little bit more time to get your comments in. So please. Go on over there. It takes five minutes maximum just to go through and answer some questions, just so we can continue to improve our, um, our 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 podcast. And the big thing we can announce now is our podcast has a Patreon. Patreon. That's right. You can now help us keep the lights on here at Before the Downbeat. <laughs> uh, we have a whole bunch of cool things for you. So uh, we are everything. Uh, you can do three dollars or less. A monthly and for that we'll give you our ever loving gratitude and a big thank you ever loving yeah uh then we have uh the next step up would be our stage crew level which is five dollars a month and that is where you receive our episode schedule at the beginning of the month and you'll be able uh to get a shout out in the final episode of each season so at the end of episode 14 each season you'll be able to get a end of the season shout out thank you so that's coming uh then there is the assistant stage manager level which is ten dollars and up and with that level you get our episode schedule at the beginning of the month you'll get a shout out at the final episode of each month so a total of seven shout outs a season and you'll get to do uh join in on our live uh, monthly movie musical commentary Ooh. yeah exactly um and then the next level up is our stage manager level and that is where it is 15 dollars a month and for that you get to receive our uh, episode schedule each month you'll get a shout out at the end of each episode so, four, so 14 shout outs in total for the season uh you'll also get to cast a vote on which movie musical we will cover that month so you kind of get to tell us what we're going to watch uh, and then you'll also be able to listen to our two other special Patreon conversations, which is our top 10 list, uh, every month and our theater news review episode where we'll look at what's going on in the world of theater. And we'll give a bit of a shakedown rundown of what we think we've seen any shows that month. What's going on. It'll be fun. Uh, then, uh, our next highest here is the director, which is $20 a month. And that is where you get to, uh, get everything from above, so you get to get the monthly schedule. you get a shout out in every episode. you get to cast a vote uh, for 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 our movie musical commentary. You also will be one of the two people chosen who can select what movie musicals that we 're going to be voting on as well as our uh, topic for our top ten list so you can choose things from what are our autumnized top ten favorite musicals who are our top ten Broadway divas who are oh, uh, yeah so right. Lovely. <gasps> or, uh, like, there's that topic. You could do like top 10 I Want songs, top 10 villain songs, top 10 theatrical experiences. Yep, anything like that. So, you get to choose those. Top uh, 10 one musicals, because mm. we like those too. We do, we do. um So, yeah, you can choose a topic for us for that. And then the last level is our conductor level, which is $25 a month. And that is where we will send you our entire schedule for for the season. And you can choose three episodes where you can send in a two-minute personal review of the musical. Love as that. well as you'll be able to uh, be, be chosen to uh, be one of the people to either choose our top 10 topic or our, uh, musical, or, our, or our option for movie musical commentary. You also get to listen to all those episodes as well as a shout-out at the end of each episode as well. Woo-hoo. So as people start signing up for that, we will be sure to start shouting you out. And stay um, tuned for a possible producer level. Yeah, That's true. Where you can join us for an episode.
1: Yes.
0: That's right. Yes, right. What, 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 that, that'll be coming. Okay. Ma- that'll be coming in season three or four. We'll create that tier for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, lots of fun there. Other than that, Autumn, where can they find you personally on the grams and the wow. socials? All the places.
1: Um, you can find me at Autumn D.M. Smith, uh, on, um, the Instagram, uh, and, uh, Autumn Smith on Facebook. Love it. Uh, Also, you can check out my company, which is Littlewood Smith, Instagram, Facebook, and I have a website, littlewoodsmith.com.
0: Perfect. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Mackenzie Horner. Uh, Just look for the profile picture with the ginger guy. Uh, Promotions for a company I started working with with a whole bunch of my friends called Cup of Hemlock, which features a whole bunch of us Yorkies all getting together to create uh, pieces where we explore morality in in theater. We take pieces and and dive deep. So fun times there. Uh, So yeah, keep an eye out this fall coming to Toronto. We have some great, wonderful works written by Ryan Brockovich. Uh, and who knows, maybe I'll be performing in some of them, too. You never know. I may be coming for out from my actor retirement to take the stage again. You never know. Mackenzie Horner, sign me up. I want a front row seat. Done, 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 done. Other than that, everybody, we thank you so much for joining us again for season two. Thank we you. We look forward to our season ahead. we got lots of great stuff planned for you. And until next time, thanks so much. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye. On a Tevka, on a Tevka, do-do-do, do-do-do, on a Tevka.